Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm so glad that you have tuned in today. Uh, last we left off, we were in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and we had looked at verses 5 through 11, where Paul was encouraging those in Corinth to forgive their brethren that had sinned. And I know we talked about this, but I think that this is probably a reference to the man in 1 Corinthians 5. Uh, he does not say specifically, so we can't know uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, but given some things that he mentions there, especially like in verse 6, the punishment from the majority uh, is sufficient. Uh, things of that nature, it seems that it could be a reference to that man that was living in in adultery with his father's wife and his whole point there is not is not dependent upon us knowing who uh, specifically it it was about because what he says there is true regardless of the situation that we need to be willing to forgive our brethren when they repent so that they don't become overwhelmed with sorrow overwhelmed with guilt and shame uh, but that's what we looked at last in verses 5 through 11. So we're going to start in verse 12 and finish out chapter 2 today. There Paul says, When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was open for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. Now there's a couple of things in these verses. First of all, uh, in verse 12, we see that he had traveled through to Troas, which if you were to look at uh, some Bible maps, if you have some maps in the back of your Bible or anything, uh, it is on the, the coast of Asia or Asia Minor, or as we would call it, Turkey, uh, almost directly across from, it's kind of on the northern part of the coast of, of Turkey, uh, but a, it was a, a port city, they did a lot of business and shipping and things out of that particular port. And so he had come to Troas to preach the gospel. And he says, even though a door was open for me in the Lord. Now I think that would probably be a, a pretty similar door to what he talks about in chapter 16 and verse 9 whenever he was in Ephesus, where it says, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me and there are many adversaries. So, again, I, I think there were some great opportunities in Troas for him to preach the gospel, but he didn't stay. And to me, that's really interesting because I think that this really, really shows how much he cared about the Corinthians and how much he wanted to check on them. He wanted to help them. So much so that even though there were opportunities, he was willing to leave them, at least for a time, to try to meet Titus, to find Titus, so that he could get that report and know what was going on with his, his brethren. And so he says his spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. It seems that perhaps they had had an agreement to meet at Troas, uh, but for whatever reason, Titus was not there at the appointed time. And so he says, I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. Now, if, if you're like me, you like to kind of have 
an understanding of the course of events with things like this. And if you remember when we started studying the book of 1 Corinthians, we see that the church there was established as we have recorded it in, in Acts chapter 18, whenever Paul went, went to Corinth that first time. And then as we have been talking about in previous weeks, uh, as we see in 1 Corinthians 16, even as we see in Acts chapter 19, Paul had sent, after he had gone to Corinth and had established the congregation there, he had sent Timothy and Erastus uh, to them. And, of course, sometime after that first trip, he had written the letter of 1 Corinthians. And so he had, had sent Timothy and Erastus to them. And then, if you will, actually turn over to the book of Acts and look at uh, chapter 20. And this is, from my study, this is, uh, I believe, the proper uh, turn of events as far as these things go. So he established the congregation in Acts 18. He had sent Timothy and Erastus back to Corinth in Acts 19. At uh, some point after, after Acts 18, he wrote 1 Corinthians. And then in chapter 19, he's in Ephesus, but he leaves Ephesus. And so chapter 20 and verse 1, he says, After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. Now I believe that coupling this with what we see in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 2, that he had gone to Troas, I think that he had left Ephesus, he had traveled up to Troas, noticed or realized that Titus was not there, and traveled on into Macedonia. And when he had gone through those regions, he had given them much encouragement. Now it would have been while he was here, after he had met Titus in Macedonia, that he wrote 2 Corinthians. And so they're going throughout different regions, different cities, different congregations in Macedonia. It says he came to Greece, which would have included Achaia, which is where Corinth was located. So I think that's what we have happening here. He was traveling through Ephesus, went up to Troas. Titus was not there, so he went into Macedonia and met Titus, and that was when as we talked about in the introduction of this, he meets Titus, Titus gives him that report, and then Paul writes 2 Corinthians, and then later goes uh, back to, to Corinth. Though we don't have many, we don't really have any details about that trip to Corinth uh, other than what was stated there, I believe, in, in Acts 20 and verse 3. Uh, but either way, going back to 2 Corinthians 2, Titus was not there, so he went into Macedonia. And then in verse 14, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. What is that talking about? Well, that's just simply talking about the, the victory that we have in Christ in, in any number of ways. Uh, the victory that we have, like we talked about in 1 Corinthians 15, the victory over death, as uh, John talks about in 1 John 5 and verse 4, that our faith is the victory that overcomes the world, that victory that Paul had even in his, his ministry, overcoming the persecutions that he talked about in chapter 1, being able to travel and to preach, and all of these things. And he, he even adds on, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. 
of course that's that's obviously a reference to Paul's evangelism and his preaching and his teaching spreading that fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere through his work the knowledge of Christ was spread to those who had already believed and would be saved or those who did not which he describes in verse 15 for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing regardless of 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 what that person's spiritual standing was he continued to teach whether it was such as as a uh, to the Corinthians or to those who would be obedient to the gospel he continued to teach or whether it even was to those who wouldn't obey he preached like he told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2 uh, to preach the word be instant in season and out of season to preach it when they want to hear it and when they don't want to hear it uh, verse 16 he says to one a fragrance from death to death I believe the New King James says there, for one, a fragrance from death leading to death. And what that is talking about are those people that would not become obedient to the gospel. To them, he's using this analogy of, of, of fragrance, or even you could maybe think of it as burning incense and spreading that aroma of Christ. And he's saying to these people that wouldn't be obedient, it was something that was unsavory. It was something that was detestable. And it was something that was disgusting. And so they rejected it. And because of that, it resulted in that condemnation and that eternal punishment. But to the other, as he says, a fragrance from life to life. Those who received it, those who accepted it and obeyed it, it was something that was that, if you will, a sweet uh, sweet aroma. And they accepted it, and it resulted in their salvation. And he says, who is sufficient or who is worthy of these things? And I think there's a couple of different ways of looking at this. First of all, he says, who is sufficient for these things? One thing that I read was, was who, who really considers themselves worthy to preach and teach the gospel because it is such a tremendous responsibility and a tremendous undertaking to preach and to teach uh, those who who are lost and to help and build up the brethren and the church and so I know some some say that perhaps that's what he's saying here who is really worthy and 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 capable and truly qualified to do that him kind of emphasizing the gravity of preaching and the other way of, of looking at this is, is him making that, that statement as a way to show that he was sufficient. Because as he talks about uh, earlier in the book, he was defending himself, even as he did in the book of 1 Corinthians as well, defending his, his ministry. And of course, him having, even as he talked about in chapter 1 and verse uh, 21, uh, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. God had given them that seal of the Holy Spirit. He had ordained them to preach. And so it is possible that that's what Paul is saying here at the end of this verse as well. That God had, had ordained him to preach the gospel, to be that fragrance, to be that aroma for Christ, to spread that aroma. And in verse 17, just very quickly, he says, For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, that is, men of sincerity, 
as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. So he says at the end of verse 16, who is sufficient of these things, perhaps defending his ministry, saying that he was qualified to preach and teach because he was not like, as he says in verse 17, he was not like so many people that tried to sell the gospel, that tried to use the gospel for personal gain, but that they preached it out of sincerity and in fact had a very special commission by God to preach. Uh, I know we went a little over. There's really even more we could discuss about this, but for the sake of time, we're going to stop right there, and we'll pick up in chapter 3 tomorrow. And so I thank you for your time and for your attention and encourage you to continue to study these things in, in more depth to try to learn and, and grow as much as we can. But I thank you so much for your time and for your attention, and I hope that you'll tune back in tomorrow.